Hello and welcome back to another edition of Collecting Cardboard. I'm Robert Ingalls here today with my co-host Eric Powick. We're at the studio inside the Daily Item coming to you not live but recorded in this day and age. Live just isn't quite as much fun as recording, is it, Eric? I don't know. Live can be fun. <laughs> this way uh, we get to edit and sound good for you guys who's out there listening, which we appreciate the fact that some of you are out there listening. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on our Twitter account at di underscore collecting, and you can email myself at r-i-n-g-l-i-s at dailyitem.com. We'd love to hear from you, any feedback or questions you may have. So let's dive right in here, Eric. What have you been uh, up to in the card universe today or lately? Well, uh, the only thing I really have to talk about is that I have my first ever um, submission to get cards professionally graded at PSA. Um, I have three cards that uh, my, my buddy ended up getting in the lottery to, to have some cards to submit. And so I'm going to submit three cards. Uh, they are a Kobe Bryant insert from uh, to 1999 or 2000, a Mike Trout rookie card from 2011 Topps Chrome. It, was it 12? 2011 Topps Chrome. And then a... Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. They're your oh, cards. 2000, 2000 Quantum Leaf Tom Brady rookie card. Um, these are, these are th- like I have about maybe eight to ten cards that I want to send into PSA at their current price, but I don't think um, I think I have a few to send into some other places for a little bit less than the fifty dollars it costs. I've got to say I'm super excited for you. You've been talking about wanting to get some cards graded for for a while now, but have held off and held off and held off. And you're finally going to get some on your own, sending out some of your own stuff to get graded. That's always a pretty cool feeling, I think, to know that you've pulled them or you've collected them, and then you ship them out, and then eventually, you know, you see what you get. It's all, it's fine to buy slabs on the open market. It's great, nothing wrong with that. But I don't know, as as a collector, it's kind of cool knowing that I opened it, I put it in the sleeve, and I sent it out, and I got that grade back on like that's my card you know that's a, that's a pretty cool feeling i think yeah i know i got um i'm pretty excited about the the kobe the kobe is a die cut insert card and but it um so that means there's a, it's a um more prone to chipping but i think it's i feel like it's a 10 i look at some psa 10s and that's the highest grade you can get from psa um online and my, i feel like my kobe looks better than some of the psa 10s i've seen so i'm excited about that one the the, the trout is Mike Trout rookie is probably a PSA nine. I could see it getting a ten. I could also see it getting an eight. So um, that I'm excited about the the Quantum Leaf Brady. That might end up being a six or seven. But even then, financially, for, as far as what what it's worth, um, that because that card is a, a kind of rare and um, it's very prone to some issues, it's still like it, worth quite a bit of money in the six or a seven, which is not the case for a lot of modern uh, cards. So Rob, what were you ripping or collecting this week? So this week has actually been, um, these past two weeks, I should say, have been fairly good to me in my uh, 71 set. Believe it or not, I was able to pick up three 1971 tops Ernie Banks for the grand total of $9. Not $9 each, $9 <laughs> for three 71 tops Ernie Banks. Now, granted, they're probably not in the best shape, but... One of them was good enough to go into my set. One of them I turned around and sold for 10 bucks. 
which basically gets me my money back right there. And another one I traded for a really nice, a really clean 71 Tom Seaver. Um, That's a huge win. Huge yeah, win for you. Yeah. That, that, uh, that really helps with, with that card and a couple others I've got in. I'm at about 81% complete and I'm averaging under a dollar a card right now for that, which is That's impressive for that set, right? It's impressive for any set to be, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Now I've got some big fish out there. I've still got the Nolan Ryan and the Roberto Clemente, um, a couple others, which are going to significantly, uh, you know, increase the, uh, the cost for me. And I might have to wait for the fall to go after them, but if I can keep plucking away at it or chugging away at it, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, I'll, I'll get there eventually. I'm really excited to, uh, to see that when it's all said and done. Got the top loaders on order. They're coming in hopefully next week. Got some pages for top loaders to put them in. I'm super excited to actually put it in a binder and kind of see them as you can kind of leaf, leaf through it. That's a really cool thing if you're a set builder to like, put it in a binder or put it in whatever you can do to to look through it all right folks we're going to be right back after a short break and you get to find out what kind of students eric and rob were right after this And we're back with more of Collecting Cardboard. I'm Robert Ingalls, once again, here with my co-host, Eric Powick. Eric, what kind of grades in high school did you get? High school? I did great. I was great in high school. I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like, I didn't graduate top of my class or anything, but you know, I was all right. I was, pre I was pretty good. I was around probably a B student. I had a few A's mixed in, and I had one C. I was allowed one C if I wanted to able to play sports i couldn't get more than two my parents let me get one and that was because i struggled with math math was uh definitely not my strong suit <laughs> when it came to high school i worked like you know really hard in math and it still it took me everything i could muster to get a c in math and they understood that so they were good with that but that was the rule in my house i had i had to keep my grades up if i wanted to play soccer and I wanted to play soccer, so I kept my grades up. So those aren't the kind of grades that we're talking about when grading a card. Cards aren't A, B, C's, or D's. They're 1 through 10 is the usual scale. So let's say, Eric, somebody has a card that they really like, that they're like, okay, I want to get this card graded. What should they do? What steps should they take? I think the very first step is probably look over, looking over the card themselves. Maybe you don't need to look over it with a fine-tooth comb, but you want to make sure everything looks um, – uh, there's not any, like, blemishes or anything like that. Um, and then after you've decided, okay, well, this card is definitely, a, you know, a premium, like a pristine card, um, then you want to start thinking about uh, who the, – the who, what, why, when, where, that, that sort of thing, like – figure out how much you want to pay to get it graded, what the values are after you get it graded, um, and that sort of stuff. There's a lot of grading card companies out there nowadays. Um, the big one is PSA. They started out in 1991. Uh, SGC 
came in around 98. Uh, I'm not sure when Beckett, uh, which is also known as BGS, I'm not sure when Beckett came in, but there's a bunch of new ones now too. There's HGA, which is Hybrid Grading Authority. There's C, let's see here, we've got CGC, we've got CSG, and I'm sure there's a few others that I am that I am missing. So what kind of costs are we talking about here? What it's not just the grading cost, but let's mm. let's go over some of those costs. What what are people looking at? I, I know that PSA right now the cheapest you can get is fifty bucks. Uh, SGC you're talking um, twenty is it twenty five or thirty? No, it's thirty I think. Thirty for SGC. Thirty yep. SGC HGA you're talking twenty five dollars a yep. card. Yep. Um, those aren't the only costs associated with it. What other costs should people factor in here? Okay, well, I mean, the that fee is just to have a professional grader look at it, like and look at it and you know put the plastic slab around that sort of stuff. You have to pay. You have to first of all, you have to have packaging materials that you might have to buy if you don't have it to package it up and then ship it off to wherever it's going. You have to pay for the shipping, and then you also have to pay prepay for them to ship it back to you. So you're talking shipping. Not to forget insurance on that because mm -hmm. obviously yep. the card has got some value to you. You don't want it to get crushed in shipping and not have it insured because then you're out everything. And then the grading fee on top of that. How do you, how should people go about weighing whether it's worth it or not to get a card graded? I think, um, among other things, one of the things I look at is, you know, if I get this card graded, What's the value of it? What would it, what, what could I sell it for? And um, if you can, if you can, if a car is a car is only worth ten dollars raw, it's probably not worth getting graded. You need, I would think that would need to get sell probably for. I mean, de depending on where you're going to go, if you're going to pay the thirty dollars or fifty dollars, uh, you know, depending on which grading company you're going to use. I mean, you're looking at uh, if it, the card only sells for fifty dollars after getting graded a PSA nine or something like that. Then having sending it in to get it graded probably isn't worth it because it's going to cost you more than $50 to send it and to get it graded. And then for them to send it back, like the costs are going to be far outweigh it. I always assume when I'm sending in cards that they're not going to get a 10. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If, if I think a card looks really good and I think it's going to possibly stand a chance of getting a 10, I bank on a nine. So I look at what PSA eights and nines mm -hmm. or whatever company, HGA eights or nines or SGCs, what those are going for. And if I'm not going to get my money back and then some on top of that, I'm just not going to send the card in. So it's entirely different if you have a card that, you know, you want to get graded and keep for yourself. Then, okay, it's worth it to you to pay whatever the cost is going to be. So say you've determined that, okay, you've got a card, you like the way it looks, I'm going to send it to company X, Y, and Z. I hope that's not a company these days because it very well could it be. It probably is, yeah. You're, it's going to be worth it for you to send it out. What happens when the card gets to the grading company? Well, I'm not, I haven't um, – I've only seen a couple videos of you know some of the, the behind-the-scenes behind stuff, so I'm not 100% sure how all of them work. But, I mean, they have experts who look over different um, parts of the card, the, the corners, the edges, the centering – um, they look at the surface um, and they determine how good the card is. So they're looking at for different, very different flaws, different off-centering, different wear and tear on the card, um, those sort of things. That's what they determine the grade based on. Um, 
not the card's population, although some people might argue that. Um, but generally, they base their grades off of what they see. Some people are now using computers to help them with that. That, I think, is going to be the wave of the future, not just the human eye, but the combination of computers and a second person, an actual human being, looking over the cards. Um, that's being employed a little bit, and I think it's just going to be the way that it goes. Yeah, I think it has to be the both, though. I think you can't just say let a computer decide because um, scanning technology, I'm sure you know yourself, that sometimes a, scan, a scanner will detect a or will um, look at a flaw and really like punch up a flaw in in something when it's not actually even there. Like and so I and I appeal. I think is probably in my opinion is the more important part of a, a graded card. I want a card to look card to look really really good from my perspective. So they're gonna look at it. They're gonna determine what the grade is. They'll grade it. And then they'll put it in what's called a slab. Or that's at least what most people in the card industry call them slabs a case it's like a plastic case that encases the card you can't get these things open very easily yeah, it's, a, it's a really hard plastic it's a, i mean way harder than the other plastic stuff that, that you find around yeah um, you, the you card can industry. you can crack the cases it takes some work to do it and they do it for a couple reasons but mostly one to help secure the card and two to prevent tampering so people can't switch out the cards or the grades once they're once they're assigned it. It's not to say it hasn't happened, not to say people haven't faked the cases, but it's a, usually a pretty secure process. I think one of the most important parts of great getting a card graded is the authentication. Um, and I think if you have a, you need to have a tamper free, like something tamper free so people can't get in there and swap the card out with a, a fake card or something like that. Cause a lot of people look at this as the way that they can make sure that I'm getting this 1952 Mickey Mantle or um, this card that is you know, autographed by, by this, uh, by Ty, Ty Cobb or something, something like that. Yeah. I think that's one of the most important parts about the whole grading process is the authentication of certain items. There are certain cards that people aren't going to fake. There's just, it's just not worth it. But with some of those higher end vintage cards or even some of the newer modern rookie cards like LeBron's Rookie or a 52 Mantle or 53 Maze, those are some of the biggest forgery cards out there. Um, you want to make sure if you're buying that, that it's legit. And that's one way to help ensure that you're getting what you're paying for. The end result, I think, is usually fair. Um, I've seen a couple that I don't agree with. I've seen some that, you know, hey, it worked out really well. So I think that's one of the, the end goals of it is one to authenticate. I think another goal is to help ensure that there's a neutral party telling you like, hey, your card is, you know, an eight versus a 10. That kind of lets everybody know that, okay, that's what this card is rather than, you and I bickering over that card back and forth saying, no, I really think it's excellent. You really think it's near mint. I don't want to give you this for it. Do you, you spend don't a lot of time bickering with people about your cards? I think you see it, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, especially if you go to card shows right. and right. dealers. They're going to say one thing because they don't want to pay the full retail because they've got overhead. And, you know, everybody likes a good deal. My wife will gladly attest to the fact that I can be thrifty, shall we say nicely, um, when it comes to spending my money. 
and I'm going to look for the best deal I can get. So, you know, if somebody has a graded, an ungraded card that I like, I might try and point out one or two things like, hey, it, this has got some issues here. I might try and knock a couple bucks off of it just to try and get a better deal. If it's an eight, then, you know, that's a lot harder to do when you have graded cards. Everybody kind of can look up and say, okay, this Michael Jordan PSA five goes for this much right now. You're usually going to end up having to pay that much for it, give or take, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, another important part about grading. I, th I think just one, one more thing. Like, I, I don't know, I'm not, I haven't graded a lot of cards, but I feel like based on things I've seen that SGC right now is probably the most fair grader uh, currently. And also, the one of the best um, prices, uh, and for especially considering the turnaround, at uh, thirty dollars. Um, not that we we're not here to give out investment advice that sort of stuff, but I feel like everything that that I've seen that SGC is really doing a lot of good things. A lot of people are really um, liking SGC. So, SGC for those of you who don't know has the uh, tuxedo slabs. They're the black. They're right now. I think they're getting a good market share because a lot of these companies have fallen behind with, with the crunch. Um, there's been a lot of people submitting a lot of cards lately, which could lead to good things for people who are looking to buy cards. Um, the more that's out there, the, as is supply and demand, if there's an influx of supply, prices go down. Maybe you can find yourself that good deal that you've been looking for. Um, you know, so it's, it's all a matter of perspective. I think when it comes to, getting your cards graded. I'll also say, I mean, PSA still has, is the market leader as far as the dollar signs. Like if you're, you know, a PSA, a PSA 10 is considered the standard and that's the, that is the going to sell for more than an SGC 10 or, or other grading card, um, high, high, highly graded cards. Which I think is a shame because other companies, you know, do a good job as well. And at the same point, I've heard this over and over and over and over again. Buy the card, not the slab. Right. I've seen some really good-looking cards in non-PSA slabs that go for less than a PSA, and I like the card better. I think it it's just a it's a matter of the card, and I really think people lose sight of that sometimes. That you know, buy the card, not the slab. It's not the slab that raises the card's value. It's the way it it looks. And the person's willingness to shell out for it. You know, card is only worth what somebody is going to pay. So, you know, try and be a little thrifty. Help everybody else out and bring the market prices down while you're at it. I would appreciate that, everybody out there. I don't know about <laughs> you, Eric, but, you know, I could go for a little lower price on some things sometimes. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. And we're back with more of Collecting Cardboard, coming to you from the studio inside the Daily Item. I'm Robert Ingalls with my co-host, Eric Powick. So what's been going on in the news today that you've seen that's probably the biggest story in sports right now? Well, the Major League Baseball lockout is the, the, big, the big news. Like That is hard to get around. Yeah. 
I was listening to uh, WQSU Radio, which is Susquehanna College's radio station. For those of you who aren't around here, it's a local college. They have a really cool radio station. I recommend you check it out. It's uh, WQSU 88.9 for those of you around here. You can also find them online. But they have a, a sports show on, and they, it was on last night at around 8 o'clock. So it was around Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. And there was, it was really neat to hear. There was like three or four guys at least talking about the lockout and how totally bummed they were to hear about the lockout and the effect that it's going to have. They were really big baseball fans. And they had some good thoughts on both sides of it, that it's both sides basically is what they came to fault that this is going on right now. I'm not going to say one way or the other who's right, who's wrong. But to me, it was really cool to hear young guys in college talk about how sad they are that, you know, the lockout's going to basically take away from some of their enjoyment. I'm not happy that it's going to take away from their enjoyment, but it's really neat to hear the younger guys talk about it. Do you think it's going to have an effect on the uh, on the baseball card market? Um, it probably will. Um, it'll be inter- interesting to see what happens with the Wander Franco rookies because you know they were off the chart. You know they were selling for a lot of money, um, and I went. I don't know what they've. I think they have they settled around twenty bucks maybe or something. Like Actually, that? they're down to around twelve. Are a they piece. down to twelve? You can, okay. you can find them if you get a good buy for around. 12 maybe $15, somewhere in there. How many have you bought so far? I have bought none. Okay. Zero. Right. Just, making, just making sure. Zero. There, there's, I've seen uh, some bulk lots out there, um, and it's been tempting to pull the trigger on them. But, no, i got I got to stay focused, laser-focused. Yeah, because there's like a million of them out there, so there's no reason to spend 12 bucks right now on them. I don't think it's going to affect the, the card market right now. I think if it goes on like it did back in 94, like – I think it's gonna have an effect on it. Um, oh yeah, I, I think so too. Like like I often talk about how '94, like when I mean the Yankees were finally good again and they were on their way to maybe being you know to winning a championship of some type, and uh, and the lost lost season. I remember being very upset about that, and it took the McGuire Sosa home run race uh, to really kind of get me back into baseball, like like full on back in, into baseball, and um, I could see it affecting it, but I also I also think it's not going to affect it maybe quite as much because of how the the card collecting universe is right now. The uh, and I don't think it's going to affect it as much, except when they do say, "Okay, the season's going to happen." I think the card like the card market is going to just go through the roof as far as people prospecting and getting excited about Mike Trout coming back for a full season with Shohei Otani for the Angels. Uh, I just could see that being. I could see the a real huge huge spike. Um, once they say, okay, the lockout's over, we're going to start playing in, in two weeks or something like that. So you told me about a uh, a new product coming out, Gypsy Queen. I like Gypsy Queen. You like Gypsy Queen. You were saying something to me the other day. There's there's something new going on with Gypsy Queen? Yeah, I mean, they have, they're have they going to have uh, Gypsy Queen Chrome cards, um, which I think is really cool. Chrome is a, a, a style of t- tops and... Shiny. Um, shi- it's shiny. It's shiny. It's shiny. <laughs> and it's, I mean... They 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 can be very nice very nice looking cards and so I'm excited to see that and see what they they come up with um, as far as what, what they're going to look like. Um, Gypsy Queen is one of probably my one of my favorite um, products. I bought I've I bought some in 2011 when it first started. I bought a couple cases of it in 2012 and actually made 
a good amount of money, you know, putting together sets and selling the case sets and that sort of stuff. And I still have a set I kept for myself and a handful of cards I've kept for myself just because it's just a, it was such a cool set at the time. And um, but yeah, the, I saw the uh, the sell sheet for the the new the new stuff, and there's they have a lot of really cool um, potential chase cards in it as well. That are exciting. You showed me the um, the samples for the Heritage that's coming out. Mm-hmm. They look really nice. That's a set that I I like. I like Heritage. Um, I really like the uh, the style that they're gonna have. So to wrap it up today, I'm gonna close with our uh, our fun fact. I really like these fun facts. Um, this one is old school. We're talking old school baseball. So back in 1910, yes, 1910, the Chicago White Sox were not a very good baseball team. They had a record of 68, 85, and 3 that year. No more tie games this these years. but So they also had a pitcher by the name of Ed Walsh, who is a Hall of Fame pitcher. But in the year of 1910, Ed Walsh threw 33 complete games with a 1.27 ERA. 369 innings he pitched that year. Only gave up 242 hits. Still closed with a losing record of 18-20. and 20. I can't imagine a pitcher these days being 18-20, and 20, period. Nobody's throwing 38 games this year, but to be 18 and 20 with a 1.27 ERA and only giving up 242 hits, man, that is rough. So with that, keep the hits rolling, guys and gals, and I wish you the best of luck in your uh, collecting and uh, stay safe and uh, collect what you love. <laughs>